Hi, and welcome to Telepathic TV. This is television that you watch with your third eye. And I'm R. Neville Johnston. And I'm Mary Phelan, and our program is about raising our consciousness. And tonight we're going to talk about the nature of boundaries, personal boundaries. But before we get to that, as always, we introduce what today is in the Mayan dream spell calendar, which... And today is the galactic mirror, is actually the name mm -hmm. for it, which is very interesting, mm -hmm. given the solar flares that have been going on. Mm -hmm. And um, <coughs> the mirror is a popular tribe, actually. It's not... <laughs> well, what's funny is I, I didn't realize today was a mirror day. We were just talking right before the show started about... Uh, small talk and not really caring for small talk at times. And Etsnab, the mirror, tribe of the mirror, they really prefer, far prefer those deeper conversations to those superficial small talk type. Yeah. And today's about exploring options. And everything in life really is a mirror and it fits really well with tonight's subject of mm -hmm. boundaries. That what you see in others is a direct map of what's going on within you, but it's also a direct map of what's going on within them, and we don't have to take it personally. Yeah, and also the uh, today is the galactic tone, so there's been a <coughs> exploration of many, many subjects today. In fact, our conversation on what to have the show about covered 15 or 20 mm -hmm. subjects till we got around to the uh, idea that we're working with. Well, so. one of the first things when we were talking about the nature of boundaries mm -hmm. is. A lot of times people ask, what is my life's purpose? What am I here to do? What am I, I, I feel like I have a calling, but I don't really know what it is. And it's very tricky to find that within yourself when you have not worked on your boundaries, explored your boundaries, and figured out what is really yours. Because the spiritual warrior does not engage in anything that is not on their path. But until we know who we are, and until we... Uh, get to the place where we do put down our borders, our boundaries, and those are just uh, a definition of who we are. It's not really a war. It's not little policemen and guards there preventing people from getting over some stone fence. It's really a definition of who you are. Would so that has to come first before you can know where you, you are to go. Would a spiritual warrior uh, throw a spirit instead of a spear? Well. Yes, I'm sure. I'm sure would, they throw all kinds of things, lollipops, pillows. That would be good. Styrofoam, anything that's handy is Remember. what spiritual warriors throw. But it, it's spiritual warrior, but what I mean by that is for us to grasp our consciousness and do our inner work, our inner healing, and really be everything that we truly are, you have to be a warrior because there are all these tiny little niggly roadblocks that keep coming and appearing in your path that if we give up, if we feel like a victim, oh, somebody I love died, and that must mean there's no God, that there's no higher consciousness, I'm just going to give up. We have to be devoted and committed to ourself and our growth. Oh, it's true. Otherwise, somebody sneezes and we, we get off our path. Our, we human well, we're beings, always on it, but we get off our agenda. We human beings flatline really rather easily. Mm -hmm. uh, considering everything that happens in anyone's life is their idea. I mean, that would be a sort of ground zero as far as building a human consciousness goes, is first of all the recognition that you're, you're the um, arm that's on the end of the fist that's hitting you in the face. You're and the man behind the curtain? Yeah, of your all life. of these things. Yeah. 
Yeah, once you realize that all of this is your doing, that's no comfort at all. <laughs> that's a quote from Jethro Tull, but still. Um, <laughs> nonetheless, you're the one that's going to do something about this in the event that something will be done about this. So the sooner the second part of it comes up online that you recognize that everything that's happened and is happening in your life has all turned out to be on your side. Mm -hmm. Every bit of it is on your side. Then there's really, and if you can keep that in the level of consciousness that you do your mapping in, at least your, where you live in your brain, that you know this is your idea, that you know that it was on your side, then you have a chance, as long as you can keep that up, that uh, things will simply go right through you, or if you must bounce off of you, much easier to let them go right through you. Uh, and so anything that happens that we would call tragic, anything that would make us unhappy is really self-indulgent whining, uh, is really a martyr, is really a victim, is really not true that uh, all of these, um, mm -hmm. uh, we are so fond of the word victim that uh, I believe they now shorten it to Vic, Vic on the cop shows, v. and it'll just be V, and then V, uh, v after V, yeah, uh, because yes. we overuse the word He's to the point v. of distraction. When there's no such thing as a victim, because everything that happens is everybody's idea. Having been shot, I know that that was my idea. The person that did the shooting, I know that that was their idea. And the fact that I was the one shot, fine with that. Yeah. Um, grand experience, I recommend it, <laughs> at least whimsically. Well, you know occasion. something, just on that subject real quick, about knowing that everything is on our side. Uh, there are t so many more times that things could have happened like the story I told, I believe I told it last week about the tire that mm -hmm. blew out on 95. Right. That if, 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 if the story had been even slightly different, everything, or, or many people could have been harmed through that, yeah. but it wasn't. It was all divinely orchestrated and mm -hmm. perfect. And if that can happen, if that's perfect, then the things that are not seemingly on our side have to be perfect as well. Yeah. Because one truth, uh, a truth isn't a truth unless it can apply uni universally in, mm -hmm. in all areas. But you had also talked about the guilt consciousness. What I was saying about a warrior does not engage in anything that's not on their path, mm -hmm. that is very much about choosing your battles. Where is it that I am being pulled out of my truth into someone else's? And that's really what borders or boundaries are about. We get so tied into this idea that we have to love ourselves vicariously through other people that we can't love ourselves directly, that that causes us to engage in codependency and passive-aggressive behaviors. And that takes up our brain space. That takes up our day. It takes up everything. And then we're not living in our truth and walking our path. And we know when we are letting things wash over our boundaries. Mm -hmm. Guilt consciousness makes us feel responsible for things outside of us in other people's worlds. And when we're doing that, we are engaged in things that are not really our battles, like, like well, the injustices at work that we have to get into and various things like that. Well, years ago, we talked about the idea of what would you do with the brain if you converted it from a fear generator into what would it convert into if you weren't constantly generating fear, doubt, worry, and guilt? What would having a brain be? Mm -hmm. And anybody's certainly welcome to call in and tell us what a brain would be 
if it wasn't otherwise generating fear, doubt, worry, and guilt. And one of the meditations one could perform without the fear generator installed is the recognition of at this moment on the planet as though a pebble thrown into a puddle, there's this ongoing wave of perfect synchronicity where everything is working for the ultimate advance and um, raising of consciousness of the human race. Absolutely every event that happens is in this synchronistic symphony dance of perfection, of miraculous change, just like the tire, just like anything you want to name. There is no moment on earth at any time where there is not a miraculous unfolding of synchronicity, of evolution, of perfection, of growth, of advance, of very advance, going on constantly. And all of that is played out in this language of nonsense that is contemporary English with need, should, can't, and try sprinkled in liberally to that whole thing. The fact that we are moving forward, and it is the sun flare, uh, into this um, um, greater awareness is a lot of fun to look at. And as soon as you're done with that, <coughs> then you can go back to beer and pizza or whatever. You can go back to the lower frequency games to play. Because uh, well, you're going to end up higher no matter what you do. So that's quit true. fighting it. Well, that's another thing. Uh, how to define a boundary or your boundary uh, where you leave off and someone else begins. I know that on some other level we're all one. But there is a reason that we're here experiencing reality as individuals. And so it serves us to explore it through that vehicle because we learn more about the whole. But our fields, when we interact with people, and, and one of the big places that people have boundary issues, quote unquote, or, or some kind of uh, challenge in some way is at work and then in our personal relationships, our friendships and our, our romantic relationships. Mm -hmm. But at work, sometimes those boundaries really seep over because the workplace is very much like your family unit. If you look at where you're working and see the dynamics with your coworkers and your employers, it's probably acting out something from your childhood that never got resolved. And these are your siblings and your parents. If you really look at that and compare it with the dynamic when you were younger, the things that were unresolved, a lot of traction can be gained. But what tricks us into getting outside of our boundary and picking up somebody else's story or, or project is when we feel guilty or when we feel personally abandoned and not able to ask for love directly. So then we take other people and attempt to rescue them in a way that we never were. So workplace, it gets washed all over. And how I learned my boundaries in the workplace was people knew that I would get involved in, in their problems and attempt to save them. I was a rescuer at work. So people would be having trouble with this particular manager and so then I would be the spokesman to go talk to that manager and say the, the employees are unhappy and I thought I was doing the right thing until one day the employer called the people into the office to say do you really feel that way and everybody chickened out and said no and left me standing there. So that was one of the greatest blessings because I realized if you are giving to someone and they are not appreciating it, that's a signal from the universe that that's not the best thing for them. And it's certainly not the best thing for you. Mm -hmm. And that 
bottom line, always ask yourself, is this on my path? And your heart knows it, your body knows it, the universe will fund you if it's on your path, and if it's not, it won't. And so if you're not guilty or codependent, you can hear that question's answer. Yeah, very true. Mm -hmm. There's, um, boundaries are always defined by anger. This is a very interesting annotation to make. Mm -hmm. Um, as soon as you're angry, you know that you feel that a boundary has been violated. Oh, God, what a word. Uh, um, well, no, evidence, that just means if crossed, you knock the crossed. E off evidence and the D becomes OL, it becomes violence. Evidence, violence are basically the same thing. If you put a Q and take away the M and add a UE and take away the AR, Mary is queen too. I didn't follow. Go ahead. Um, it was a joke. All right. So the, you, you were talking about via, uh, violated, but you could also say your boundaries are crossed, you get angry. Yes. Now, you are always angry at you because yes. you never made the boundary clear. Mm -hmm. And so when it's crossed, the person doesn't know they've crossed it. Mm -hmm. So that's every reason in the world to shoot at them. And they'll go, well, why are you shooting at me? And you'll say, well, you crossed my boundary. And they'll say, what boundary? And you'll say, die, heathen. And that's been the history of mankind. So well, that works that's well. Why should the history, change? Yeah, well, yeah, because we're not going <laughs> to. That's why I say I wonder what English will sound like in about 300 years with all the little uh, acronyms changed into uh, spoken words and so forth, and six-lettered acronyms um, being pronounced as though they're English. Mm -hmm. And so each, each word will have a letter code within it. And I'm looking forward to the future. I'll, I'll probably reincarnate to get the language that advanced. Well, it's but good I've if you're looking forward to the future, because yeah, if you were well, looking back, it would be the past. Which brings up another boundary, which is the three fates, which is past, present, and future, which is another set of boundaries we have running around here loose. I had the idea that it's so close, it's in the past. And so there, that just vanished all kinds of boundaries for me. The now is now a different, I like that. The now is now a different subject in my mm -hmm. thinking. The now is a very fresh past or a very stale future, depending on how you want to look at it. But the three fates being past, present, and future. Well, before you um, change that subject, I think that that's a very valuable thing because boundaries don't, if we feel we don't have a right to a boundary, we are going to hire little policemen to guard our boundaries, which means we're always on guard. We're not in the moment. We're not allowing love to really flow through our life. If we look at boundaries more as a, a, a layered thing, mm -hmm. that higher, higher you get in consciousness, the more boundaries, more definition. Remember the earlier uh, definition of boundaries was your personal definition, who you are. Mm -hmm. It's like a radiant field, and you don't have to enforce anything. If you're having to enforce your boundaries, then it's a contrived boundary. It's a contrived self. It's an identity. It's not really you, that you're attempting to convince yourself is you. For instance, oh, yes, I'm a good person. I go to church every Sunday or whatever. And if people say, no, you don't, then if you are aggressively defending it, it's because you don't really believe in it. If you truly believe in it, you don't have to defend it. Well, that is, uh, yeah, definitely. Um, boundaries are a very interesting subject. A boundary that we can talk about is skin. 
It is the boundary between, my, that's elastic. Um, boundaries. I'm poking your boundary. <laughs> You've poked my boundary. I crossed your boundaries. <laughs> ah, well, with a scalpel. Yikes. Oh, look, there are veins in my boundary. At any rate, uh, oh, skin being the boundary, which keeps nature out. But that's not really true because you are nature. So mm -hmm. what does it keep nature in? And, and where are these boundaries in nature? It's, it's interesting to notice that um, when we civilized, and that is in quotes, this planet, um, often rivers were given as naturally occurring boundaries. Yes. And the, and the reason for true. that is the, you know, don't fight the river, don't fight the, don't push against the river, whatever the Native American expression is. Um, and that's why they become a boundary so easily is the current, the number of atoms moving in that area is much quicker than anywhere else. So calm, not so calm. So the, these areas that are bounded off by rivers naturally occurring. And it's that way with us emotionally also. Um, if a person is, um, let us say, looking at them, we realize they are insane. Let me use the idea of a homeless person. And you know automatically that the boundaries around that person are extreme. You know, it's very, you see what I'm saying? It's like the river, the, the atoms there are moving at a very different rate from your atoms. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm I think saying? that could, yeah, I see what you're saying. The river is actually the different thing. So yeah. if we go outside of who we are, the thing that is different is the next person or the next thing. Another person. Oh, but one of the things sprayed. about this mixing point, which is the river, and you're, you're bringing up a very good point, that if we are afraid to be receptive and let things in, we put up a very dramatic border, and that keeps people away. We certainly do that. But I feel that the the mixing of us as we interact, we're not really mixing. It's like the placenta. <clears throat> the placenta, the mother's blood and the baby's blood does not mix. The mother drops off nutrients and picks up uh, spent nutrients from the Here's baby. The baby picks up that and drops off waste mm -hmm. products. Mm -hmm. And they don't mix. That's how we are. So in any given situation, if you're having a boundary issue with someone, whether it's somebody close to you in your personal life or somebody at work, it's best to take a step back, create the zone of silence around yourself, and let what's really coming through come to you and distill through the silence. So if someone says, you're always making me wait, uh, blah, 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 instead of having that second uh, reaction or that split-second reaction of saying, well, you made me wait last Thursday and getting into an argument, just take a deep breath and say, what are they really saying? Because it's not personal. What they're saying is not personal. But what they're saying that triggers me is personal. It has nothing to do with them. So if you say, oh, they're actually afraid that I left them, that I abandoned them at that restaurant, and it's not really about reprimanding me for being late, then you can say, I understand it must have felt like I wasn't coming. I, I won't do that anymore. And it's not about... Uh, anything other than that. And then you say, why am I always getting people that are afraid of my abandonment? Maybe that's something I ought to look at. Well, that'll be within, within you. Yeah, and that's, well, this is the mirror day. Mm -hmm. So this is a particularly active mm -hmm. day to speak about that on. Yeah, yeah. I was talking with the barista in the Starbucks who's named Edward. We'd always, uh, Thursdays, um, have a brief conversation. I've been teaching him palmistry over an extended period of time. Stuff. 
Yeah, and we had a conversation that resulted in the realization that before there was something, there was nothing. And the nothing turned into something. But what no one seems to realize is not all of the nothing was used up. There's still nothing, even though there's something. Yes. And that you can command the nothing into something. It is your command, your human being. You have your entire life long turned nothing into something. Absolutely. And Every something came from nothing. And this ability, this ability, for example, got the phone to ring, which I think is pretty good. So. So we'll That's wonderful. I yeah. think so too. It's like the wave in the particle universe. I've often waved at a particle. Mm -hmm. Hey, speaking of which, hi caller, what's your name, please? Uh, hey, my, na my name is Wes. Wes, hey, Wes, what can we? Wes, what can we do for you? Where are you calling uh, from? Uh, I'm calling from Arlington, and I was I was listening to what you guys were saying about the energy flow, and you were kind of using a metaphor of like a river, and mm -hmm. I was wondering what kind of advice you would give to. Um, you know, for your own boundaries, perhaps in public or in the workplace, sometimes other people's energy or river can affect your own, and you're kind of mindful of that, so you don't want to interact at all. So how can you kind of protect your energy flow without ostracizing or without isolating from being affected and still being kind of um, amiable? That's, so, a, that's a brilliant question. Yeah. And I'll let you go first. Call them a tributary to their faith. Go ahead. <laughs> the solution. Well, I feel it's about creating that zone of silence of taking nothing personally, like in uh, Carlos Castaneda's books or, or the Four Agreements, uh, which is mm -hmm. a kind of a short yeah, yeah. And say anything that they're doing, that energy, let's just say it's this hopping, chaotic type of a feel, if I feel that I have to merge with that or that I am powerless to it or that I am no longer free to move around in my own awareness without lugging them around. And if you think of two circles and the vesica, vesica Pisces that's inside or, or that's uh, where it overlaps, it seems like I have to drag them my direction or they're going to drag me in their direction. But if you mm -hmm. look at it from the side as if it's not touching, that's where your power lies. And just knowing that takes that domino out so that the cascade of reaction doesn't happen. And literally what you're doing is you're putting yourself at a higher frequency. Think of a seven-level story building and that you're going up to the seventh level and not engaging with them down here. You can still interact, but you interact from up here. So let's say this person is always uh, saying mean things about other people. And yeah, it that's a common one. That's very common. Yeah, and it seems like your only way out of that is just to either participate or ostracize. Well, I had an, uh, a quote from Eleanor Roosevelt that I had on my computer monitor for many years at work, and it said, great minds discuss ideas, average minds discuss events, and small minds discuss people. And I used that, and I said, any situation where it's discussing people, I'm going to elevate it to the level of ideas. So one time uh, my boss was talking about something somebody was wearing in a very derogatory way and I felt like if I just walked away that was going to cause some its own set of issues. So I decided to convert it and lift it up to a higher frequency and say, yes, isn't that interesting that we can just wear anything now from blue jeans to ball gowns, I love it. And she goes, yeah, blah, blah. And it literally distracted her from that. Mm -hmm. And I think that there are so many higher conscious ways we can 
set. You mean like, like you made you made something funny and that kind of like redistributed the energy or something? Yeah, I, I you, took you that like same conversation, but I took it to the level of ideas instead of to people where it was getting petty. Right, she was right. talking about negative things about what some person was wearing. So there are so many different ways, but it first comes to um, the center of self where we feel like we don't have to merge with them. Oh, Did yeah. you have something you wanted to add to that? Um, yeah, actually a um, treatise to begin with. Um, Wes, there is the idea that whatever this situation is, you have it languaged in your mind that it's bigger than you. Do you see what I mean? I suppose, yeah, it would, that would have to be true to some extent. Like, I, I guess, it, I mean, obviously, I wouldn't, it wouldn't be something that I had mastered or I probably wouldn't there we go. be okay. saying it out loud, right? Right. Now, but you are master of it. You are bigger than it. You will always be bigger than it. The idea that it's bigger than you makes war. The idea that you're bigger than it makes peace. Okay. So let us say that there are two things, and there are more than two, but let's say two. Let's say that there is love and there is resistance. When it is bigger than you, you resist it. When you are bigger than it, you love it. So if you love this person for being confused. Yeah, that can be very difficult to do. No, no, that's the easiest possible thing you can do. For one, since it's in your reality, it's your idea that they're that way. You want to thank them for that. You want to love them for that because they are sacrificing sanity in order that you find yourself in a position to be more evolved, to be bigger. You love them for that because they agreed to play a minor role in order for you to play the greater role you see what I'm saying? If you're the peacemaker, if you're the one that solves the situation, if you're the one that creates that as harmless, then that's the major role. So you mean like even when people are um, uh, taking part in lower-minded things where they're talking about other individuals or what have you, yeah. they're, 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 uh, because they're doing that on some level, they're even conscious that Oh yeah. What they're doing is no good, but they're doing it anyway because it's something that they're trying to work over or work with or something. Right. And you want to thank them for doing that because you can have perspective on it that allows you to be the sovereign character in the play. See, hmm. I, I think one thing, and I'm so glad you called because this was something I was going to bring up, strangely enough. Mm -hmm. um, I have just one slight variant on that. I feel you don't have to love them for doing that. You don't have to hate them, and it lets you off the hook. As a matter of fact, you don't have to engage at all. And I think that's what's in it for you to learn, is that you don't have to engage on any level. Because we're spiritual, and I'm not negating what you said, because that's certainly better um, mm -hmm. to love things. And that's what we are going to eventually get to. Oh, eventually. <clears throat> but I think that sometimes when we say we're spiritual beings, it, it pits us against ourselves, and we get this little uh, mom and dad or some authority figure in our head that says, okay, now you go love them. You go put your toys away. And it's mm -hmm. not coming from that authentic place of really saying that we're perfect as we are. And sometimes we just aren't to be engaging in that. And mm -hmm. that here's where you ask yourself, is it on my path? Because sometimes it's your battle. 
is this my battle? And so let's say there are two people that are being mean to a third person. And, and I was going to use the example earlier, talk about the bully and the mean girl syndrome. Mm -hmm. I was in Whole Foods the other day, and somebody, a lady was on her cell phone and was totally unaware of what was going on in the store, which is her business. But she was having a conversation about a coworker, and she said, I don't like her. Let's just none of us talk to her and make her feel really uncomfortable until she quits. And she says this on, this, on the phone. And I am a very uh, passionate protector at times. And I felt sympathy and empathy for this person. And I had this fire energy come up where when she got off the phone, I was going to tell her to grow up and that nobody likes that feeling. And we even have this biological feeling of being ostracized, which is close to an emotional death in a lot of ways. And I was going to say something. And then I said, wait. Is this my battle? And I thought, no. What's on my path today is to buy my things and get on with my story, and that's their story. But other times, it may be your battle. So I think you're being trained by your higher self to find mm -hmm. really your, your battles, so to speak, because it's learning what we fun teaches us who we are. Now, Absolutely. That's just, really good advice. Just, okay. Now, this is the age of YouTube. Had I oh, been there God. listening to... Oh, the lady in the store? You did this already, right? Yeah, you just, you just post her on YouTube. <laughs> just like mean, what is it, mean girl? Mean, mean girl. Girls. Mean girl. See how many Don't hits you get. Cry. Yeah, yeah, and then she can just turn oh. blue. But one other thing, and I did realize that people that death. are like that feel powerless. <laughs> Not, and YouTube. so we give them power, though, by thinking they're seem, powerful. It seems like for some reason um, that sort of culture it seems to be, I don't know, sometimes it really does seem to be as though it's in the majority. Nah, and no, maybe, I think, no. I think it's people are afraid of being the victim of it, so they choose to be a participant instead. And that mm -hmm. if we all stood up to the class bully and didn't participate in the fear-mongering, that mm -hmm. I, I, I never understood why 28 students were afraid of one kid. Well, I think mine's just as selfish it's because Saddam, it? they may be selfish by taking part, but I'm just as selfish by ostracizing. No, no, please, you've got to leave the word selfish out of this. You don't sell fish, do you? Okay. <laughs> if I'm not supposed to be self-centered, tell me where longer. my center is supposed to be. If, if I I'm, love that. Did you hear yeah, that? If, yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, language goes. Because you are a self. Right, right, I got it. Right, yeah, and we are supposed to be selfish. It's all right. But there is a difference between... What am I supposed to be, Jewish? I love that. But there is a difference between ostracizing someone and not participating. Ostracizing means I have <laughs> to put up so a wall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have to I have to put up a wall and hold this out, which means you're you're feeling that they have as much power in your life as you do. Right. Rising above it, you can still interact with them, but you do it from a higher consciousness place. And yes, Jewish was very funny. And and I don't know if you heard funny it earlier, but if my center is not when someone calls you self centered if Neville said yeah. that if my center is not in myself, where is it supposed to be in you? Right, well, thank you very much. Okay, thank yeah, you. Yeah, the language codes is full of uh, words that we were just speaking. But Wes, this has been very, very good. Uh, we, and we thank you very much for the call and welcome your next uh, call back. And uh, really, the idea that we are bigger than this turns the entire world into uh, a playground. And the idea that any piece of it is bigger than us uh, just demotes it to... Uh, zombie land sort of uh, life sucking etc cetera, etc cetera. 
It's the second book on the language codes that happened to have uh, Miish and Yuish in it. Although that's but the first one on the that's screen. That's the first one in the series. And I'm working on the third one, which is going to be called Meta Language. And pieces of it keep falling into my thinking, regardless of what I do. But, um, do it, do it. Yeah. Oh, speaking of your books, um, I am asking if there are those out there that would like to do some volunteer transcribing. Mm -hmm. um, I am finally getting all my stuff from audio, wanting to get it in print. Mm -hmm. And uh, if anybody has free time and is up for doing that, it's transcribing some of my workshops and things. And it would just be like half hour increments. Mm -hmm. And there's a transcription software that's free that you can use on your computer. Oh, anyway, just yeah. thought I'd put that word out there. And um, yeah, meta language I think would be an excellent one for you. Meta language is the combination of all languages. Because uh, our words define our boundaries, too. Very much words are boundaries. That is the whole point. You were um, the other day saying that um, spoken language had grown out of... Um, it, it's, it lies over top the neural pathways of movements, uh, of hand languages. and Which explains the Italians. Like yeah, and it does. I mean, we talk with our hands, too. I talk with my hands often, but no one understands what I'm saying because I'm often... No, which is a very interesting point. And so the uh, return of telepathy as the main language, which happens on the very advanced planets, you know, they're always, I just saw a movie called Paul, where the guy goes, my God, you're speaking English. And the alien Paul goes, no, not really, dude. <laughs> you're just hearing it that way. Mm. I'm just sitting here having thoughts and they translate into your language. And stuff like that. Well, that happened when I was a kid. I heard yes. people speaking in Spanish, and I understood them. They were mm -hmm. talking about the onion, and I mentioned it to my mother, and she said, oh, no, that's Spanish, and then all of a sudden it started sounding. Like a foreign language, mm -hmm. yeah. Well, we all speak a foreign language compared to we other humans. That's true. But um, now I wanted to um, just add one uh, please. telephone call to our roster here this evening. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Uh, Evan Calling. Who, please? Evan calling. Okay. Evan, hey, how hey, we doing, man? Good to hear from you. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Happy New Year. Happy hey. New Year. A belated, but. Two twelve, we made it. Yeah, I, I just wanted to convey a little bit of the story. I guess a little bit on boundaries. Uh huh. Because uh, uh, my best friend growing up, we just kind of been reunited within the last year. We were apart for about thirty years. Mm -hmm. Wow. And and he's a more of a Type A personality, and I'm a, a Type B. I'm more subdued, laid back. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I get frustrated, but I realize being a friend, it means you have to make allowances. Yeah. And I, I don't know um, along the lines of boundaries, and I was just wondering if you could give me some advice on how to uh, be accepting, and I'll just take the answer off the air. Thank you. Well, thanks for your call, Evan. You always make such great phone calls yeah. that stimulate the, um, the talk quite a bit. So how to be more accepting? I think it boils down to being accepting of yourself. I remember well being angry at somebody because they they would um, not work as hard and got raises and all this, and then I realized I wasn't mad at them. I was really mad at me there you go. for working too much mm -hmm. for the yeah. same thing. And, and so if we're not mad at who we are, then mm -hmm. other, we don't get mad at other people for being comfortable with who they are. Yeah, as we were saying about boundaries earlier in the show, you're always ticked off when your boundary is crossed yes, and you I agree. are upset I agree with, with that you. One because you never made that boundary clear or it would not have been crossed because mm -hmm. it is our nature to be loving yeah. beings, as little known as that may be. 
and a possibly not a popular stance, but nonetheless, each of us has within us this heart of absolute gold, Douglas Adams notwithstanding. And oh, he's a golden-hearted guy. Yes. No, I meant that was the name of one of the characters in one of his books. Um, oh. I know it was a ship. It was also a character. Ships can be characters, too. In Neville's story, no, this a is ship. I mean, a character. This is the truth. At any rate, each human being has within them a nature to be kind and loving. It's who we are. Uh, it cannot be removed from us, and our definition of what is kind and loving can vary greatly. That's true. But there is no one who is not really on it about being as loving as they can be, regardless of what that is. That's true. Because we long ago crossed that, that border between good and evil. That's really no way to think good and evil. Uh, Rumi's quote, which we don't have to go into, but the uh, yeah. idea that um, good and evil are both teachers, the whole study of trinities, um, good and evil, what do they have in common? Like yin-yang, they define themselves. Good and evil have in common that they are pre-decided. You have this idea of what's evil, and then you make that reality fit into it. Oh, that's evil. Or you have this idea of good, and you make reality fit into that. Oh, that's good. You're not thinking at all, please. That's like, like kindergarten thinking, if at all. You know, it, all of it just is. The, we came here to evolve. We evolve by having experiences. Therefore, an experience cannot be a bad experience because it helped you evolve. And we can't have a good experience either because it helped you evolve. There are just experience. When it, once everything is just an experience, you're beyond it. We are the assigners of all value. Uh, yeah. An event is just a neutral thing. And I, the, the expression of the master walks the middle of the road, I think yeah. what it is is to find neutrality in everything and then see what it's really teaching you. Mm -hmm. We use good and bad, right and wrong as an excuse not to see what the real message is. Oh, it we beat ourselves up. Yeah. It's literally like, I don't know, you know, my brothers, my older brother used to put his hand on my forehead like that and I couldn't reach him to punch, you know. Oh, that's funny. That's what it feels like mm -hmm. about living your life when you mm -hmm. get that cloud of guilt and those judgments uh, there. It really keeps you from seeing the picture. Guilt well, is the fog that keeps you from getting the lesson of that particular yeah. thing. It's remarkable the number of human beings who are still on the Crusades. I mean, each uh, it's very rare to meet somebody who's not on the Crusades. Yeah. You know, the other guy, oh, no, no, they're all, they're just not acceptable. Well, really. I think one of the things that, that we were talking about earlier about <clears throat> this choice not to be kind and loving, it's people get afraid of being abandoned and ostracized. And because of that, people are far easier, find it far easier to unite against something instead of uniting for something. Mm -hmm. If we can unite against something and talk about this person over here, then we feel this closeness, this intimacy here. But if you are doing that, just know that when you get up, you are most likely going to be the person over there and you have a choice. You don't have to deal with it on that frequency. Turn the channel, lift yourself up higher in the building, and do it from the level of ideas. If they're talking about that person and what they're doing, you can just engage it at a higher level and make it impersonal about a particular person. 
because no one really wants to be behaving that way. It shows you they're feeling powerless and that they're unloved unless they're creating that kind of a dynamic. Well, all right. So I'm going to take this opportunity to mess everybody up. Really? Yes. Oh, good. How are you going to do that? Racism. Dun, dun, dun. Okay. Let me take you very briefly 1,000 years in the future. Mm. Oh, yes, really? Yes. All of the races have become one race. As they began as one yes, race. Yes, one race. Okay, then who the you going to hate? Race. Who are you going to hate then when we're all one race? Yeah? It'll come down to genderism. Want to bet? Uh, <laughs> a lot of laughter on that. Oh, but that's a truism. That's already uh, here. What, what would be a new thing? No, we, we can move beyond this whole thing. I know. When a planet reaches a point where one of the sentient beings on the planet makes a decision based on love instead of survival, that planet becomes a beacon and it attracts teachers. Okay, and basically the teachers start with hygiene, <laughs> don't eat meat with flies on it, stuff like that. Okay, and they get around to, but uh, as soon as the teachers show up, the planet divides into races to actually do away with intolerance. I thought racism was designed to create intolerance. Uh, it only looks that way, really. It's actually designed to do away with intolerance because once everybody, well, you were saying that the, the gene code in human beings is one per a particle away. There's the yes. entire variance in the human beings. There's only tiny little differences in our DNA from chimpanzees. We as humans, there is no difference. We all are the same. <clears throat> the white, lighter skin, lighter color eyes, and lighter color hair evolved from moving to the north where there was less sunlight and had to get lighter in order to absorb vitamin uh, D. Mm -hmm. The skin color in the, in the sunnier climates has to be darker or it would you burn would the cook. skin. Yeah. And mm -hmm. everything is very scientifically evolved from where people uh, went and lived, where they migrated to, yeah. and that we all came from the same place. So it's just silly. And really what we're fighting about, even in religion, is such microns. Microns, I actually yeah, read the, the Koran because I, I've read all kinds of different religions, study different religions, and I was shocked to see that the Koran is like identical to the Bible. You're talking yeah, about all the, the story. Uh, it, it's really no difference, and it's such mm -hmm. a micron. Mm -hmm. We will have any kind of an excuse to hate each other, won't we? What if we had just Haters as hate. slight of an excuse to love each other? Whoa. Let's just change the poles on this. We all can. Right. So meditate a thousand years in the future where they're all the same race and see what upsets you there. <laughs> well, someone might laugh uh, or chew with their mouth open. It'll be something. It'll be something. Unless you decide that hate no longer serves you. And it never did. We don't require hate to have boundaries. We don't require hate to get to know ourselves. Because boundaries help us to know ourselves. And that's the way it is. And uh, we are getting ready for... It's coming on its own. Here we go. Sacred and holy duck. Oh my god, I hear a duck. Is that a duck or are you just happy to see me? I'll duck out on that one. Okay. Here's our dangler. Say hello, dangler. This is Diana. Thank you. I got transformation. Uh, inflation, I got transformation. I got tenderness. Well, tenderness transforms any situation. Be tender of heart when people are being cruel and that's your contribution. 
whether all they these, want to follow you or not, it's their business. All these years I've been tender of pancreas. Well, that's Close. why I hit you with the mallet. I'm trying to make you tender. I don't hit him with a mallet. No Nevilles were harmed in the making of the show, trust me. Excellent. Mm -hmm. All right, so. Do we have any calls? Usually, yeah, coming in. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hello, my name is Brian. Hi, Brian. Brian, nice name you've got there. Yes. Thank you. Uh, first, I want to say I enjoy watching you guys thoroughly every Thursday night. Oh, thank, thank you. you. Thank uh, it's you. a nice release from a work week. <laughs> ah. Mm -hmm. So you work four days like, a week? Uh, to have a reading for Mary, please. Sure, ah, I'd be good. most happy to. Really, we were supposed to have the four-week, four-day work week. Yeah, really. Back in the '60s, what happened to that? Uh, greedy we politicians. Have the technology. The corporate for that. state. Uh, Not only a four-day work week, a three-day work week. Okay. And a four-day weekend. That would be okay. good. Okay, that's a good idea. The first card we get is the conditioning card. That lion had been thinking he was a sheep. Everybody told him he was a sheep. He was wearing sheep's clothing. But he's really the king of the jungle. And what this is saying is that I feel that you have attempted in your life to fit into certain constructs, but yet you still, I just perceive this really individual way of thinking that maybe not a lot of people get you at times. But don't blame yourself for that. It's just a matter of time. It will come around, as is this card. Um, talking about, which is change. This is changing, and I think that's the change is coming in the form of you being recognized for who you really are. And it's when we give up caring about what other people think that everything comes. It reminds me of that Alanis Morissette song, the minute I jumped off of it was the minute I touched down, the minute I let go of it was the moment I got more than I could handle, that, that kind of thing. Sounds like Alanis. That right now is a time to let go and just go down the sliding board and don't try to break it because you're really heading into new and different things. This experiencing, I keep also feeling something maybe about work uh, or things that you do with your, your life's work, your day-to-day -day life, and that you have a lot of experience and you have a very unique way of looking at things, and maybe that's what you sell is your perspective and this global view that you're able to get that other people aren't, even more than people that might be in charge sell that, really really tell people about that, and not, don't be shy because it's very profitable to you. I feel like and there's a lot of uh, success coming for you. And speaking of conditioning, uh, I found this new conditioner from a Heritage Store. It's um, olive oil. It's a Edgar Casey formula. Oh, yes, Casey I use formula. the olive oil shampoo sometimes. Yeah, and the conditioner. Uh, it's in Virginia Beach, the Heritage Store, which has some of Casey's original formulas, yes. which do olive oil shampoo is very good. Oh, marvelous things! Heard? Yeah, yeah. Just because that's what I thought of when I saw the lion. Excellent. His mane was so soft and fluffy. Oh, that's right. how he does it now. Now we know. Yes, we, we have, have our next call? call. Yeah, hi caller. What's your name, please? Um, my name is Rosa. How are y'all doing? Rosa. Hi Rosa. Good. How, good. how, how are, are you? Doing? Fine. Just calling in for a reading for the new year. Oh, I'll be All happy right. to. Thank, Thank you. you. Mm -hmm. Oh, also, Neville is going to be doing the Merkaba class this Saturday. Okay. Which oh, yeah. um, just thought I'd let people know before we forgot. Mm -hmm. Okay, the first card is abundance. And talking about the new year, thinking in the form of abundance. And to, to this guy, he's sitting on a book. Abundance really is different to everybody. If we think of it only as money, we, we I, don't, I don't know, it's a limitation of sorts. 
Find out what is truly abundant to you. Some people like to have a, an abundance of food in the refrigerator to feel comfortable. Other people, it's an abundance of friends. Find out what you really love and then allow that to come to you. I feel like there are some things you love that you might be pushing away in lieu of what you think you should be wanting right now. I don't like to be alone all the time like okay. I do all the time. And okay. I don't have nobody that loved me. Okay, now let just put that out there. Now that you know that, define that because this next card may be explaining why you feel, why you're having the experience of being alone. If you look at the woman on this card, she's out there in the middle of the universe, just her, and she's doing that to define who she is. Once we define our boundaries within ourself, it becomes a radiant field. We're no longer this wobbly planet, we're a sun then and we're radiant, and then that's when we attract those into our life that may be good for us in that way. And the schizophrenia card, Osho says that the whole Western world is schizophrenic because wherever we are, we're thinking about where we're not. This is very, very important to say, don't have any regrets about the past. Do what you have to do to release it so that it's no longer holding you back because I still feel that there are some things, maybe old pains, regrets, things like that that are holding you My back. daughter says she don't want us to have a mother and daughter relationship. Well, that's, it hurts. Yeah, it, of course it does. And there are a lot of things that you can do. And uh, perhaps uh, we'll talk about family relationships or something coming up and we can offer some more assistance for you. So keep watching. Uh, okay. And thank you, Rosa. That's, Rosa, thank that's you. all out of past life stuff, the not wanting the mother-daughter relationship and, is so there was a time where she was uh, your mother and you were her mm -hmm. daughter and right. this is an echo from that so you say well it was my turn to be mother I'll, I'll do better next time mm -hmm. and that would solve that completely and she would be non well, a lot of times those old pains that we hold yeah. onto grudges are heavy and we don't have to carry them just decide to set them down that's what the getting off the wheel of karma talks about, what accepting the gift of Christ talks about, mm -hmm. about accepting the gift of Buddha. Mm -hmm. And Buddha is about, uh, or uh, Buddhism is about becoming the master within yourself, not so much your ability to worship, but your ability to master yourself. But thank you, Rosa. All right, thank you all thank very you. much. Yeah, Please call, call again. Okay, yeah. well, yeah, Thanks. take care. It's amazing, Crystal, this no. thing. Hi, caller. What's your no. name, please? No more caller. You're a non-caller. Okay. We're going to be at uh, Ruby Tuesdays. You're certainly oh. welcome to join us, especially if this is a Thursday night. Can, when do you guys get a... Um, I wanted to... Uh, okay, go ahead. I was just going to say a picture of the waveform. That's what I was uh, yeah. going to uh, present also. But okay. I, I wanted to you. just say how much I love this newest creation of yours once they get a close-up on that. It's really beautiful, and yeah. I thought people would like to see it. It is a double, double one, two rose quartz with amethyst hanging. Mm -hmm. And that's uh, just a series of perfections that came into existence. And it's got little smiley faces from the lights in them, too. Do you see that? <laughs> that's true, yeah. That is cute. The, um, the amethyst crystals dangling have they're very odd. They're completely unusual. And I wrapped them probably five years apart. And I just looked at them one day, and they were a perfect match. And then the rose quartz balls came along, and they just, the whole thing just came together as a confluence. And um, it works. It is, about, it is, first of all, about uh, releasing old uh, scar tissue from loves in not only this life, but mm -hmm. many 
many past lives. Yeah. And it is about opening the door to the next uh, growth of, because uh, love has been evolving along with the human race. Uh, we are not the only beings in the universe that love, uh, but we do have kind of an interesting corner on it. <laughs> um, love is not nearly so complicated in some realms of the universe. Uh, certainly it is more complicated in others, but we really do have a um, perspective on it that's not as uh, common as one might believe. Well, something else that's a big misconception is that in order to heal fear or pain or sadness, we have to find the original perpetrator and give it back to them. And that sounds like it makes sense. It feels like that makes sense, but we don't require that. That anything going on within you you have the tools to heal. You have the tools to let it go mm -hmm. and that it's okay. Yeah. And sometimes it feels like we are abandoning ourselves if we allow ourselves to let go of the grudge or the memory of the in infraction, however large or small that the other person has done to us, that we feel like we're abandoning ourselves. But we're really not. Mm -hmm. We're really taking care of us uh, the most by allowing ourselves to be free. Mm -hmm. Children have it pegged. They don't really carry the past behind them. They just t take a tumble and are get that up. Way too. Am animals are that way. And we've developed this ability. I think um, a lot of our stuff is biological imperatives mm -hmm. that we don't have to listen to. We don't have to listen to our fear of people unlike us. Mm -hmm. We don't have to listen to fears of tomorrow. Just say no. Yeah. I've been Be lately meditating. Warrior with uh, and have named my past giving it a name and it has uh, fast become a very good friend mm -hmm. and uh, once that uh, switched yeah uh, once that switched off um, I'll be waking up going doing the Merkava uh, mm -hmm. meditation which I do first thing um, and then I call upon this uh, being that is my past and I'll just get three or four moments in a sequence from the past that'll just coalesce into um, just levels and levels of levels. And if I were to pursue it, I could, could look at those same levels in past lives. But uh, I've found quite a friend in uh, my past. So That's funny because I, was, uh, I pulled a card on that subject earlier that past. our past really is our friend. And yes. it's better not to judge the past you from the present you's perspective. The past you did not have the benefit of that choice it made. And you're sitting here judging that poor person in the, in the past as having made a bad decision. But they didn't have the same perspective as you. I used to write letters to my future self whenever I made a big decision to tell my future self why I did it so I didn't look back. And I'm number one. <laughs> oh, one minute. <laughs> I thought they were telling me I was number one. Okay. Very supportive crew yes, we have. Yes, yes, very supportive. All the way around, yes. we might have. So come join us at Ruby Tuesdays. Mm -hmm. It has to be Thursday night, the 26th of January. Uh, in general, Thursday nights. But come if you're not doing anything. Ruby Tuesdays and, and Fairfax Snorkel. And if you're watching this on a Saturday night from 10 to 11 or on a Friday morning, we're not live, but you can still always call in on Thursday nights or get a hold of us through the website telepathictv.com. Or uh, at Yahoo, telepathictv at yahoo.com mm -hmm. if you want to which email, is which is a new way to communicate. It's replacing semaphore <laughs> just about completely.
Peace. Peace out. Mm -hmm. Peace out. Well, it was our joy and honor to take you to the door. And you know you're going through the door, so just go ahead and do it. Walk boldly. Stop the drama. Go through yeah. the door. You're not a v. You're a powerful creator. Thank you.